to YouTube land. So some of what I've said now okay. is going to be recorded on a permanent basis. Some of it uh, will not be recorded on a permanent basis because I have never got any idea uh, when things will become live. Um, Michael C, it hasn't just changed to being in 15 minutes. It's happening now. Uh, everyone who's watching, hello to all of you. No, I'm not going to talk about buffer stops at all in this episode. Uh, I absolutely refuse to talk about buffer stops, given that it apparently has filled up all of my mentions on Twitter for the last two days now. Uh, I didn't realize that people cared this much about buffer stops. Anyway, um, oh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Rail Natter. It's, it's, we're here. Harry is here. Harry's at the other end of the line. Hello, Harry. Hello. There we are. Harry is here. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, well, we've got the theme tonight is this is something that's close to my heart because I've been a bit through this journey, although not, frankly, as young as Harry is, um, which is about getting involved and staying involved with transport policy. Uh, you know, how, what, what inspires someone who's, who's, who's young and has the world ahead of them to actually get, get their hands mucky in the messy policy of, you know, the messy business, rather, of, of transport policy and, and the complexities, idiosyncrasies and chaos about it? So... Um, before before we start, though, before we start, Harry will be with you momentarily. Uh, immediately leave this stream and go and watch. Uh, <laughs> it's a strange thing to say on a rail natter. But as we speak, my friend of the show, Mike Asbester, is currently talking um, uh, on the History for Ukraine feed, particularly the, specifically the Railway History for Ukraine feed, uh, raising money to send over to Ukraine. Go and watch that. So everyone who's watching this, uh, all of you should immediately leave and go, which is a strange thing to say, because Harry and I are about to have a really nice chat. But the thing is, we the, be we, the benefit of this for us is that this is going to be recorded for all time. So people can come and watch it after the fact. And indeed, I'll be plugging it hard um, on over the weekend and on Friday. But right now, as we speak, there are lots of friendly... In fact, let's, if I flick forward to the next slide, you can see all the people who are currently streaming. Um so there's a load of no, I didn't want to do that. I'm in the wrong window, and I just press Control P, which if I'm in in PowerPoint changes me to pen mode, but if I'm in Chrome, it changes to Control P. You can see all the people who are currently streaming. So Tim, Tim Dunn was on uh, at five. Uh, Chris, uh, you know Sophie as well, Jackie, uh, and Ma right now Mike, friend of the show, Mike. You know Tim, obviously friend of the show. Mike Asbester is right now talking about um, accidents on Britain's railways. Safety first. Go watch that. So. Everyone should go and do that right now because this is only going to be up for 48 hours, at which point it will disappear into the into the annals of history, so to speak. And we have, you know, Simone will be speaking afterwards um, from half nine. And then Dr. DT, David Turner, deep and personal friend of the show, will be talking about um, best kept station competitions at eight. So, so there are lots of things to go and watch. And, and what you can do, and then finishing up with Francesca and then Erin. Erin will be closing up. This is going to be, it's a brilliant, it's already been a brilliant session. Go watch. Uh, you've missed, if you haven't been watching already, you missed him. But if you do that, go and donate and then you can watch. You can watch that. Um, but you can come back and watch this next week. We're not going anywhere. Harry and I are going to have a really nice chat. But th this recording will not be disappearing into the ether like this one will. And we're not raising money for Ukraine like this stream is. So so go and watch that. Uh, Harry doesn't mind me saying this. Harry and I are going to have a lovely chat in a minute. Uh, Harry, sorry. Yes, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange thing for me to be doing to tell people to go away, but um, we're gonna have a nice chat. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is strange. Yeah, Harry's like, why yeah. are you doing this? This is this is a rail. This is my rail narrow episode, and you're telling me <laughs> to bugger off. No. no, I saw it on Twitter earlier. I know, I know, yeah. Harry. This is not me telling people to yeah. not watch our show now. People are gonna. I'm gonna be encouraging them to come watch it later. We're gonna have a nice time. We're gonna enjoy ourselves with a cup of tea and having a nice chat. But. Yeah. Um, such is such is the weird world of raising money for charity with a lot of friends doing so. So this is my strange, um, this is my uh, straight the strange situation of a rail natcher being on the same evening as uh, this event. It's it, it such is life. It happens. But right, enough of that. Because Harry and I are here to chat. Well, Harry and I are here to chat about all sorts of things. But really, I mean, I suppose Harry, the thing that 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 you are rising to prominence through is a brand that you created, right? Sustainable Transport Midlands is a is a thing that you created, isn't it? Yes, it is, says Harry. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sustainable Transport Midlands, yeah. And, Sorry, and, uh, we're lagging out a bit, but I'm hoping it'll be all right. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's fine. Yeah, there's a bit of lag. Don't worry, there's a little bit of lag happens. We're not going to worry too much about that. There's lots of people already saying things. Everyone's just harassing... 
about buffer stops. Good grief. I didn't realize buffer stops was going to just basically dominate my life from yesterday <laughs> onwards. I'm so sorry. Um, Mike Waldridge is pointing out that Tim's segment was absolutely fab, worth catching up on. Um, everyone's going to binge it tomorrow, so they're sticking it. Yeah, okay. If You can watch the, the, the History for Ukraine feed tomorrow, and you can watch Real Live right now. That's that's acceptable as well. But make sure that you donate, because the whole point is to raise money. Um, uh, yes, so... Oh, um, lots of chat going on right i need to i need to reset myself so what i'm going to do is press this button here which is the two of us here harry hello (laughs) we're now visible to the masses it's fine we're here there's a bit of lag Uh, sorry everyone there's a bit of a strange lag coming through this is because as you might notice harry is currently um inside a canal boat because he lives in one uh there it is yes yeah i do which canal are you actually living on what's the which canal is it uh the grand union canal near weed and beck so northampton ish very nice. I mean, it is the ultimate form of sustainable transport was canals. Um, and exactly. indeed, you're living on one. So it's both a, a transport and a, a home, a housing uh, device. This multifaceted manner of which people could communicate across water paths. Well, maybe that's one for another episode. Is we can talk, you and I can talk about canals for an entire hour or two. Um, <laughs> I actually adore canals in the history. You, you want my dad. Uh, uh, well so canal culture and the whole there's a whole aspect to society that has been almost totally forgotten um a, a genuinely fascinating facet of history that's just been lost to the annals i hope has been recorded by some and others um, but it's it's a yeah it's very anyway we could basically yes harry <laughs> maybe we should have the burr the burr dennis canal episode uh where we make that magic happen <laughs> but for now um I, i'm very pleased to have you on to talk about how on earth we get young people involved in talking about what potentially could appear to be quite a dry subject, which is transport policy and uh, and and what transport can achieve for the future. I've just been at a, I've just been at a meeting of the the National Rail Museum's um, kind of got a new gallery. It's going to be the Futures Gallery, and a lot of the discussion there is about what the future might look like for transport and how railways fit into that. And so for me, it's really exciting and important to talk to. Sadly, I'm no longer young people. I used to be young people. No longer am I young people. So it's nice to talk to real young people about what the future of transport looks like. Um, yeah, so yeah. basically, we're going to do that. And so if I was back to no face in advance of the, 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 the intro uh, kicking off, we're going to talk. We're not just going to talk about sustainable transport Midlands, although we will. We're going to talk about your story and and how how you got into this, uh, why it's captured your attention in the first place, and and what as an industry we can do to keep people like you engaged. So, without further ado, I'm going to kick off tonight's episode. Everyone who is watching, and for those who are watching after the fact, welcome to tonight's Rail Matter. <laughs> Wonderful Institute 225 fading away. Glorious. There it goes. And we're going to start with, with this image, actually. Shout out to everyone in the Rail Matter Discord who's been helping me with working on this particular little project. Um, uh, yes, there are lots of people in the chat. In fact, let's get, our, let's get our little faces up. Let's get our two small faces up in the top corner. Actually, there's been some alt-tabbing. Let's resize Harry so that he, he's visible to, the, to everyone. Um, yes, so this... So, firstly, to all the people in the chat, hello to everyone in the chat. Yes, um, uh, Matthews W uh, is asking if I'll be doing more railroads on line streams. Yes, probably, but maybe not this week. It's been a very busy couple of weeks, so, so soon, I'm sure. Uh, Graham Harith is saying, hey, Gareth, define young. I'm 65 next month. Well, fair point, Graham. Yes, uh, we are only as young as we feel and those we keep the company of. So um, firstly, Harry, what is on screen? This is a bit of a treat for you, actually, because we had a conversation of, quite a few weeks ago, actually, about uh, actually in this specific case, it was about the East Midlands. And it was a bit of a call to action for me as someone who cares, firstly, cares a lot about the East Midlands as, a, as somewhat of a forgotten corner of Britain's uh, transport landscape, but also in developing what uh, some of the stuff that the, the rail natter, that rail natter's kind of crew behind the scenes have been doing. And we are trying to develop an algorithmic approach to defining what a suburban transit network might look like and so this what we're looking at now is 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 a definition not necessarily the definition but a definition of the east midlands 
with lots of little uh, population nodes that you can see here, rather than little kind of predefined areas. These uh, rather sort of than um, legally defined areas. These are lots of little population nodes, as you might call them. And using these population nodes to define a way of shaping a future network and a possible network. And, and this is very much a work in progress. So um, I, I'm shooting so to Will and Xander and everyone who's been working on this and, and Deirdre. Uh, hello to, to those of you who are here. Oh, in fact, Deirdre is here. Hi, Deirdre. <laughs> um, detour on, on, on the YouTubes. Yes, this is a work in progress, but it's a, a bit of a hint as to some of the stuff we're working on. And Harry, you and I had this conversation, which is what initiated this discussion. And there will be a future episode where the finished product of this process um, uh, is, is, is put up. And maybe you and I can and chat about it then for a future episode. But... Uh, the reason I put this up is because you and I have this conversation because of some of the exciting things you're doing in defining what a strategic view of the network might look like. And it got me thinking. It got me very excited. Firstly, why is a young person who isn't me uh, with admittedly very strange tendencies, why are other young people getting excited about transport policy? What's happening? And so I thought, well, let's let's talk about that. Let's get Harry on and have that discussion. So if I go to Big Faces... Uh, I'm going to have to resize you again because this is the way that the um, this is the way that it's working. It's fine. It's fine. Harry, I mean, firstly, uh, welcome to Rail Natter. Uh, also, I apologise for my uh, webcam, which appears to be just bleaching me horribly. Um, but Harry, firstly, I'll introduce yourself. Tell tell us who you are, and then maybe talk a bit about how you started getting excited about transport and transport policy. Yeah, well, I'm Harry Burr. I am Chief Executive at Sustainable Transport Midlands. Um, I'm also currently leading on one project within the organisation, Daventry Transport Development Group. I'm sure we'll get into more advanced talks about it later. Um, and I was also recently made Young Persons Ambassador at Rail Forum Midlands, which is a national industry body. You may have heard of it. Absolutely, yeah. And, and what what kind of got you excited? And what I mean, the, the, you're... I mean, you're a young man, a very young man, uh, to, to onlookers be quite a dry subject. What, what interested you in it? Yeah, well, I, I grew up in Canterbury, the, the Canterbury area, not 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 the city itself, but a, a, a suburb on the on the coast. Um, I, I grew up there and Kent is known for its very rich transport links, not just rail, it's bus. It's, mm. uh, you know, all, all sorts of transport links and road. Um so I was used to hopping on the train from Birchington-on-Sea and taking a train into Ramsgate or into Canterbury or into one of Canterbury stations or into one of Maidstone stations, three of them. Um, and I moved up here and Northampton has one station. And when I moved up here, the station was absolutely horrible. It was, I would compare it to a, a barn. Northampton's old railway station mm. and it was recently rebuilt I say recently about 10 years ago 2012 it was it was rebuilt and it admittedly it's a lot nicer but Northampton is the largest uh, place in in the UK that only has one ra railway station Reading has two coming on three yeah. uh, Canterbury has two Maidstone has three London has ugh, loads um, yeah. Birmingham <laughs> has loads and yeah uh, that's the first one of the first things I, I noticed when moved up here the lack of any sort of infrastructure except roads mm. yeah, yeah yeah for sure and it is it's difficult to it's sometimes difficult to explain to people how much that has an impact on people's lives and actually there was there was a really good thread it was either this morning or yesterday morning about someone taking the train uh between sheffield and uh i think it was up through rotherham and possibly up to leeds or maybe and maybe a bit further afield explaining the the value of some of these local connections that that people don't realize and and you know there's a bit of an there's a bit of an assumed behavior on rail that it's people in a bowler hat on a nine to five that use the railways and and i have to say when you come outside of the m25 that's not the case the diversity of people using the rail you know using the railways to get to work or to kind of do their daily life it's it's a huge range of people and actually you know that includes bus as well people who use public transport huge range of different people from different backgrounds and yeah. it's and it's often forgotten what's so so you, you you kind of came up from you came up to to northampton you sort of started experiencing rail outside of the the, the south and the southeast but i suppose the next question really is what so it's already it's all well and good seeing that there's an issue but what got you know, what was the first thing that you did that started you know what was your the first thing the first activity you did to start looking at 
making change, looking at getting involved in the policy itself? What what was kind of what spurred you from from grumbling about it to your peers or or potentially to your parents to actually doing a thing? What what was the first thing you did and, and what got you into it? The first thing I did, this is really going back. This was about two years ago. My year, I want to say year nine, uh, secondary school. Um, and I recognised a gap in the infrastructure in particular. And that was Daventry. Uh, mm. Daventry is one of the largest towns in the UK without a railway station. It's got a population of 25,000 and it's set to grow very dramatically. Uh, West Northamptonshire Council, the local authority, is allocating a lot of space in Daventry for new housing developments mm. and new business. And, you know, it, it's, it's growing very fast. And I noticed a, a gap. And Daventry currently has a half hourly bus service to Northampton, an hourly one to rugby. And that's about it. Uh, an hourly to to Banbury. Can't forget about that one. It was recently temporarily cancelled because Stagecoach Joy wasn't financially viable. But I, I keep I keep forgetting about that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so does everyone else. I, by I a gap in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I recognise a gap in the infrastructure. There was no railway connection. So I started a campaign to restore a railway station at Weedon Beck, um, which is on the West Coast Main Line fast lines, avoiding Northampton. Uh, so that's where most of the uh, Avanti West Coast services run through when there's no engineering works. Um, they get an occasional London Euston to crew, London Northwestern Railway, West Midlands train service. Um, and I, I started a campaign for a new, a, new, a new station on that line. The first issue that came up when I started that campaign is the local council, Northamptonshire County Council, it was at that point, which was effectively bankrupt. Mm. Uh, it bans new spending um, so I, I did really start the campaign at a bad time yeah. but I, I can now say that's that's changed and we've redeveloped the campaign over time and it, it's become something a lot more uh, well known Absolutely yeah and it's, it's, it's I mean there's so many interesting facets in amongst that and, and there are so many things we could discuss um, <laughs> there are a lot of themes there that we can, can discuss but I suppose one of the one of the kind of interesting things to kind of pick out of that is uh, is first that you were pretty you're a pretty young age and, and recognizing a a specific gap a specific challenge uh, picking up on it and, and and I suppose then what went from so so how what was the first thing you did what was the f- kind of first time you you con- and, and where did you start you know I, I suppose okay let's broaden out the first question is it, as someone, there are lot, probably lots of young people who realise that transport is an issue and that transport is really important. But there are probably a much smaller number who know what to, what for, what that first step is. So what was the first step you took to go from someone who cares about transport to someone who was getting involved in, in trying to shape policy? What was that first step? Well, my, my situation is quite unique because my parish council made local news because they were starting a, a junior parish council. Um, it, it was one of the first in the country. It's very unique, and I was one of the I was one of the founding members. Mm. Um, so I I got interested in local stuff in Weedon Beck, which is where the new station would be, um, and that's that sort of also fed into into my campaigning. So I got in touch with the junior parish council chairman, chairwoman actually, <laughs> um, and we uh, got into conversation about this station, and she said. Uh, I think what you need to do is at that time we had, I want to say, three district councillors and three county councillors. And she said, those are the people you want to talk to. Mm. I sent emails. I, I knew at that time the county councillors were probably going to be the people that. But the first response I got was from a district councillor who is still on the new local authority, West Northamptonshire Council. Um, and he gave me praise and he gave me some advice and he said a station really needs to be put in for both Daventry and Weedon, which is growing it- itself. So that that was really the first step. It- and then I started to realise that the council, the county council, was bankrupt. I didn't know at that time because uh, I, I was 13. So I wasn't particularly, I wasn't particularly um, political. Um, but I, I didn't realise the council was bankrupt uh, until until I, I had an email exchange with this councillor and he explained the new council was coming into place. And when the new council came into place, that's when things started moving. Hmm. Uh, interesting, yeah. Uh, apologies to everyone on the feed. Uh, Harry's internet is is um, 
I mean, firstly, Harry's in a canal boat, so we have to praise the miracle of modern internet. But also, yeah, sorry about the choppy internet, everyone. Harry's, uh, Harry's, Harry is, as we speak, uh, closing as many things sucking internet <laughs> as possible to improve the feed. But uh, yeah, so um, no, we, we did get most of that, Harry. So, that, so that's fine. So, so you started contacting counsellors. That was your sort of first step. Sort of talk, talk, and what did you do? Were you did you just sort of uh, was it a short email kind of going uh, the reason I'm going to this detail is because there might be people watching this who are very curious about how to do exactly the same thing themselves so did you write a long rambling email or was it quite a short snappy email or was it a, an email with some attached detail what, what, what was your approach um um you know, where the station would be, the sort of services that would be provided at the station. But at that time, I didn't know the Hampton Loop and the West Coast Main Line were different things. Um, I thought they were all one line because I, I, I wasn't really as knowledgeable then. They might sound stupid, but I, d I didn't really understand then. Um, so I said it would be provided by London Euston to Birmingham New Street services. Um, but obviously they run via Northampton. So you know, it's those sort of small things that are really important that I I didn't realise uh, at that time. But it, it was a it was a medium sized email, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so it sounds like one of the things. And, and again, yeah. If 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 you've got the feed open, by the way, on the other laptop, it might be worth closing it because I think your bandwidth is getting really eaten up at the moment. But um, uh, yeah. So it so, sounds like one of the I'll things. Yeah, yeah, it might be worth closing that one because uh, the yeah the the, the internet's yeah. struggling a bit. Um, one of the things that uh, so it sounds like you your recommendation is to make sure you've done your research. I suppose the challenge there is is, is finding the right sources to, to learn, but but actually do your research before you make that contact. It sounds like is a is, is a piece of advice you're giving. So um, I'm going to whiz us into into small things. Yeah, and I, I did. I... Go on. Yeah, I, I I did do a lot of research actually. I, I forgot to mention. I wrote a about a forty-page white paper, and um, it, it it included information about the potential services, where the station would be, um, the need, uh, the the business case, or the 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 draft business case. Really. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 was that similar to the doc? Because we chatted quite a long time ago, actually. I think someone pointed me in your direction, and we we had a, we had a... loads of reports. Yeah, certainly. So we had a conversation. Um, we we had a conversation kind of quite early on where you had that uh, that document, um, uh, possibly that document, or maybe a development of that document where you were looking in in kind of some pretty spectacular. I mean, given your um, given where you were in terms of uh, of experience, it was a pretty spectacular document in terms of detail. It really was pr very impressive. So I, I've got you here now with um, here, here's you uh, with your rail forum uh, badge on. And with uh, also a very snazzy pin badge with the Sustainable Transport Midlands or, or uh, uh, kind of a logo uh, on it. That's very smart. With the with the then rail minister, uh, which is pretty pretty spectacular. So there's an indication of how 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 did you so from having written that email and and had that contact with the uh, with councillors and kind of initiated that and indeed written your white paper. What then led you to reach the point where? A group like Midland, a group like Rail Forum Midlands, were approaching you to to be involved. What what was the what was the step from from kind of that early stage of right here? I'm getting involved. I'm emailing councillors to right an industry body wants me to be involved. What what did that look like? That is a long journey. I must say that that was about. <laughs> I'd say that was about a a, a year. That's not that long, that, Harry. That, that's that not process. that long. <laughs> it's not that long for most people <laughs> in the rail industry. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, in terms of Chris Heaton Harris, just to cover that quickly, he's also the MP for Daventry, mm. <laughs> which created a lot of. You'd think that'd be great, but it created a lot of problems. Um, mm. Most notably, potential bias, because if he he goes out and supports a can't waste him down there because he is well he was in the foreign commonwealth and development office for a minute and then he got shuffled again yeah to uh, i think um yeah out to re remove the conflict of interest so i have a meeting with him 
next Friday to discuss the current proposals for for Daventry. Um, but yeah, that, that that there was there was a, a, a big issue in terms of Chris Eaton Harris. Nice guy. Um, Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's yeah, he's so I, I've had some interactions with with Chris Eaton Harris. It's about actually about rail accessibility, which were were quite positive. And then it it's interesting. It very much felt like he was, um, uh, yeah, it very much felt like he was uh, stymied a little bit by the DFT around him, and and then he's been moved on. So not there's not much you can do when you're a minister and you spend so little time. Um, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very it's very difficult if, uh, to 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 kind of yeah. Anyway, I, I, it's it's a challenging one, isn't it? DFT is an interesting beast, and 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 yeah, you're right. With being a local MP, it can be challenging to to kind of see where you to to ensure that you, you yeah exactly. You're right. You don't go and get accused of bias. So there's a risk. I mean, it, it's a nice thing to have. I'd prefer more ministers to be in the situation where they're uncomfortable doing too much for the local region. We often find that ministers are doing the opposite. They're doing as much as they can for their local region at the expense of others. But anyway, um, so so you had that discussion with with Chris Heaton Harris. What you know that that's there's still a bit of a gap there to your to how you then got involved in in Rail Four Midlands. So what 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 else? What what was the next step? Have, uh, what was the next step there? I'm going to quickly switch to my phone hotspot. Keep, Do it. keep that in your mind. I'm going to switch my phone hotspot because I'm in Northampton. And, and as, and as everyone watching... So I'm hoping could... that will sort out the Wi-Fi issues that are very, very clear to me. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Uh, everyone who's watches Rail Natter realises that this is a... Hello that to question everyone. in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Harry's head is going to change size, size several times, and it, indeed it might disappear. Um, I'm going to hold the airwaves because I have that capability. Uh, so, so yeah, it's worth... I mean, for anyone... That, I mean, maybe it's worth me... Brief, I'm, going to go to, I'm going to go to my own big face while Harry does that stuff so we can... Hello, everyone. Because it's interesting to talk about my... So, so while Harry does that, and Harry might hear me chatting away, so that's fine. Um, you might hear the Skype noise in the background as well, so that's fine. It's worth running kind of my story on this is, is, was quite similar in that I started getting involved in transport stuff um, much through Twitter, actually. So, so it's, 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 we have a very different conjunct. My experience was through Twitter and actually going, right, getting involved in transport policy, um, also getting involved in organisations I could in the in, behind the scenes. So I was getting involved in... Um, in sort of professional institutions, but also getting involved in um, uh, in some of those organisations that, that grow skills. And so kind of my angle into getting a prominent voice was through kind of talking about skills. Uh, and so through the, the National College for High Speed Rail, perhaps, was one of the conduits, through the Permanent Way Institution was another. And, and slowly through that, I realised some of the challenges in skills come from the lack of a long-term vision uh, for transport. And so that lack of a long-term vision then started leading me to, well, in order to have a long-term vision, you'd have more of a strategic view. And so data and evidence sort of build that strategic view. And it's sort of this bit of a loop that you get. And I realized actually, in order to grow skills, we need to be um, looking at a longer-term view of the industry. And uh, and if I tactically go to our two small faces, we'll see that Harry is back in the corner here, possibly on better internet. In fact, maybe, maybe Harry, we can go to two large faces to see how that works out. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, so, I'm very big. <laughs> uh, it's where it seems to work. It's actually definitely better than your Wi-Fi is. Actually, I can actually see more than two pixels through your face. This is good. Sorry, well, so I was just briefly talking about what my talking about how my journey was almost a little bit different because um, I, I, it's weird to think of us as being two different generations, but we are. I'm definitely a millennial, and I'm afraid you're definitely a Zoomer, a Gen Z. And so for me, Twitter is a powerful tool. But actually, Twitter is what old people use from your perspective, right? So you're. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting that, that I say Twitter's for old people. Your approach has been the equivalent of a letter writing campaign to to local to local politicians. So um, yes, there's lots of people here saying they're very proud of you. Uh, by the way, Harry. So you've got your fans. Are hello, Richard. Yes, uh, lovely. Yeah, that, Harry is a credit to. Um, oh, that's nice. Uh, Richard Bowman and his nan Sharon. There we go. It's the it's some high quality people joining us uh, and saying hello. <laughs> hello, Richard and nan Sharon. Hello. Yes, uh, it's interesting that almost has come full circle. That for me, I was using Twitter and social media, but actually, and I found that you're not the only person who, um, to the new people getting involved in transport policy, are almost doing the equivalent of letter writing campaigns, admittedly via the medium of email. So it's quite interesting. So, um, resuming our conversation now that you fixed the internet issues. Um, so. Talk a bit about what the the, the the that that rail forum Midlands role actually looks like. What what are you doing, kind of? Uh, what are you doing, kind of, within that role? Yeah, well, I attended the annual conference 
on the 20th of October. That was in Derby. Mm. Um, I was very nervous. And Elaine, even the, the CEO, she she didn't put my little talk on the agenda just in case I didn't feel like it on the day. Um, so I, I went I went ahead with it. Uh, it was about 10 minutes of me talking on stage about STM and how I got into campaigning and Daventry's project. Mm. Um, and I, I I did that. I connected with some people. Uh, Karen Heppenstall, who's the yeah, yeah. Uh, rail... Uh, oh, no, I've forgotten. Head of rail. She's Midlands head of rail Connect. from Midlands Connect. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, I, I saw Chris Heaton-Harris for what I thought, I, I think, was the third time I've met him in person. Um, so, you know, we just we just bump into each other now. It's, 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 a, normal, it's a normal occurrence. Um, so that happened. I went home that evening. I had tweets to deal with and had emails to send on the train back um but then about i want to say about a week later elaine emailed me mm. and she said we the board really liked your really liked your um your your talk at the annual conference and we'd like to see how we can work together so she came down to northampton from what i can assume all the way from derby <laughs> to meet with nice. me in, in a starbucks um to discuss how uh, we can integrate uh, STM and the Rail Forum, and we came to the conclusion that the best uh, the best idea is for me to become Young Persons Ambassador and for STM to become a member of the Rail Forum. So, like uh, WSP and Network Rail and um, uh, EMR, East Midlands Railway, all, all members of the Rail Forum. Uh, we're also a member now, just for free, which is great. Uh, <laughs> but we we are a not profit, so. Uh, well, it's worth well, it's worth saying for for anyone who's watching, like the, the a barrier for involvement in in lots of these kind of local democracy sort of organisations, these these sort of pseudo sort of industry body slash representation of council bodies is that they have a fee, and 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 I say this because I started an organisation that's that I'm transferring into being a new into a new format. Permanent rail engineering is is my equivalent of sustainable transport Midlands, and it was with a broader view. So you and I have both we've kind of followed a, almost in some ways similar paths here. Permanent rail engineering, I started as a limited company, which is a dreadful idea. Never do that, everyone. Um, what you want to do is try and, particularly for this sort of an organisation, what you actually want to do is create a, communi a community interest company because it, it's much the the, the the legal framework within which that that company sits is much easier. The the, the, the returns that you put to companies' house and HMRC are much more straightforward. Um, and this is stuff that I wish I'd told myself when I started bloody permanent rail engineering a long time ago. Uh, it, it felt like a good idea at the time, but actually I, I regret the path I took because it's created a lot of um, uh, administrative headache. But it's interesting that... that... So, my, yeah, my almost advice to organisations like... Uh, to organisations similar to Rail Forum Midlands is have a facility to create a fee-free membership for an organisation a bit like uh, Harry's organisation because that's a good way to get people involved. Um yeah, so so I mean, firstly, Harry, you should be very proud of yourself that someone like Elaine was coming down to see you and get you involved. And I think it speaks to a mixture of your enthusiasm, but also your interest in understanding the detail. Like, it's clear that you have a deep understanding and a passion for understanding the detail, and very much to your credit. And and that's why people like Elaine are coming to find you and and, and get you involved. Which I suppose leads us a little bit to our next. There is, by the way, to those who there is a little bit of a pip happening down the microphone. I think it's an internet-based thing. Apologies for anyone who's 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 getting a headache from that, but it's not too it's not too um, it's not too painful. It's fine. Oh, actually, you know what? There's there's a, there is a, a question from the audience which uh, B Crossing off of the internet is asking: Is this what you? Uh, okay, the question is: Can you ask him if this is his dream to make the case for rail herd and to improve the country? But I'm going to modify that question slightly, which is. Um, is this what you saw yourself doing a few years ago? Is this kind of as you saw yourself doing, or is it kind of are you kind of just letting things happen and it's exciting and you're kind of following it as it comes? Well, when I had my first news article, because we made the press quite a lot when we launched the uh, Whedon Station Project, what it was then, um, it said in my first news article that I wanted to work for Google in London, ah. and yes, I did. I want. I was all technology, IT, uh, you know, Linux, all that sort of thing. I, I was very computer focused. I liked computer science. I liked uh, all that sort of thing. Um, but then I had lockdown, and I came out of it rail focused, transport focused. I still, ha I still retain my computer knowledge, mm. but I'm, I'm also quite rail focused now. 
Um, so I think I think my dream has changed. Mm. I still like to work in London, but I don't think I want to work for Google anymore. I'm sorry, Google, but you lost out, Google. Uh, it sucks to be you. Um, Harry, what's, so that's in, that's interesting for a number of reasons. So there's a lot of people in the RailNatter Discord server who are, who, are, who are very young, perhaps not as young as you, actually. You're, you're, a, you're a credit to your generation. But there are people who are kind of between, between my age and your age, which I, I think is the young people bracket, that, that, that kind of bracket. Um, you're making me feel so old. I'm going to feel so <laughs> decrepit by the end of this episode, having chatted to you. You're, you're, it's, 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 it's worrying. But um, a lot of young people who have a similar, lots of interest in, in, in programming, in, in software uh, design and development, um, in systems integration and, and sort of looking at holistic system stuff, which I, I guess maybe is some of the things that got you interested in and in what made you think Google was a good idea is that you have that systems view that that which actually very nicely maps onto transport because transport is not a simple linear thing. It's a really complicated system of lots of interplay and lots of complex things. I'm increasingly getting the feeling that a lot of young people are actually frankly because education is so much better for your generation than it was for people for our gen for both of our generations so much better than it was for people who are older than us education is vastly better than it ever was but in the past and i think that's helped people to have a much better critical thinking and systems view do you think that do you think that systems thinking is helped do you think partly is that what's fed your interest in transport but also is it do you think that's a? Do you think that that's uh, how you've been taught, and also, uh, do you think that's equipped you well for for looking at this the sort of the complexity of, of transport as a system? Well, I'm going to go quite broadly on system mm. because I have built my own system in terms of what STM call the project development strategy, ah, which okay. is a long fifty page document of how we go from an idea an idea for improving the network or introducing a bus service or introducing a new station to having that campaign launch and mm. getting stakeholders on board. And I follow that very, um, very strictly. Um, it, it's a recent thing. It's only about a month, two months old. But I have been following that very strictly because I like running through a process and I like everything to be, you know, streamlined and efficient. And um, you, you'll see that theme throughout STM. It's yeah. a very efficient and structured organization um so i can see my camera keeps changing yeah size. it's because of the bandwidth <laughs> it's because your internet is sending me more or less pixels per second so I, I don't worry i'm on it with my mouse adjusting your face size <laughs> frequently it's fine no one no one on the stream minds they know that they're, they're all they all know how shonky rail is don't worry it's a far less it's a far less effective and professional outfit than sustainable transport midlands is frankly <laughs> Yeah, we yeah we are very we're very systemized. We're very efficient. We have digital things in place that make everything look all structured and nice. Um, so I, I sometimes get into dilemmas. I get headaches because some things don't link up with other things. Uh, so, so that that really bugs me. So I am I am a very systemized person. I try to be minimal, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I think that did feed into to the rail industry. It's a very well. Network rail, let's take that as an example, restructure every other week. Yep. Um, so, And I think that's the case for STM too. We, oh, we really interesting. Restructure okay. <laughs> every other week just because sometimes it's, it, sometimes it's, it's fine. If everything's structured fine and I like it. But then other weeks I decide, you know what, that, that's not linking well enough with another thing. Mm. So I have to go out and, and restructure. And it, it's not, it, the stakeholders don't mind and the public doesn't mind because they don't notice. But internally... It, it, it can get a little bit complicated, but I, I just can't settle, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, there's a, there's a benefit to being agile. I think that's certainly true. Uh, and to be honest, with a rail industry that's changing, being able to, to change and shape a, 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 what is essentially a lobby group like yours um, is yeah. is valuable. You know, it's useful. It's useful for people to know because you, uh, you, need to, you essentially need to, to mark opposite numbers in various organizations with you know it might be the same or, or it might be one person covering lots of ground but actually the industry structure changes or indeed your understanding of the industry structure might change so you need to be agile to kind of keep up to date with that um yeah so it's uh yeah absolutely i'd, I'd say being being agile is really important and uh, one of the things that's interesting i mean firstly um you need to the, the it'd be interesting for you to share your um that 50 page document with uh with some of the rail op reopening campaigns that exist, so oh, yeah. um, well, okay, so so probably the most mature organisation in terms of rail uh, kind of rail reinstatement campaigns is probably the campaign for Borders Rail, because they've had more success than probably any other. 
But other organisations uh, such as, okay, I'm staying in Scotland, but the campaign uh, for Northeastern Rail, uh, so the campaign to look at uh, the, the, both the D side and Buchan Railways, um, it'd be interesting for you to compare your strategy with their approach, which which is having some political success at the moment. I'm, I'm kind of supporting them on a few things. Um, but there are obviously plenty across the country, and some of yeah. those are looking at reopening railways for nostalgic reasons rather than strategic benefit. Others of those do see a strategic value and a, and a place for their railway within the broader whole to what extent do you feel that um uh across from, from your experience of what you've seen across the country to what extent do you think um rail reopening campaigns see a strategic benefit or or do, do you think there are still quite a lot of campaigns that are perhaps stuck in a view of well our railway should be open shouldn't it it was open so it should be open again in the future well what's that balance do you think generally there is a pretty good systematic understanding or do you think there are still a lot of people who just feel like their railway ought to be open again because it was in the past yeah well first those uh, i've met, i've seen someone in the in the in the chat before i had to shut my phone off because it was messing with my laptop um say, ask whether we can they can see the white paper oh, I wrote. Yes. um it's i have no idea where it is now but it's been replaced with a much nicer white paper that <laughs> is easier to read and we, we got professional help um it's currently private to the committee that's running daventry's uh you know a rail improvement campaign but as soon as it's available, I will send it to Gareth, who can do what he likes with it. Um, it. Project development strategy. Um, it's in a really awkward place at the moment because it needs approval from STM's executive scrutiny committee, uh, which is basically our, uh, how do you explain it? Uh, they give friendly, critical advice to STM, and they're really useful um, if any of them, <laughs> any of those three members are listening. So need approval from them. Uh, then we'll make it. Then we'll make it public because um, it is a really, it is a really good document. Mm, absolutely, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd be interesting to see it collaborated with from other people because other experiences might be different. So it'd be interesting to see what what people's response to that document would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember your question. Oh, now. so yes, it was. Um, it was your experience of to what extent are so, so where you've got involved locally. Yeah. Yeah. To what extent are people? Yeah, you know the question. Uh, strategic view systematic view versus a little bit of rose tinted spectacles yeah there's there's a real mix because I, I won't name any specific campaign groups i'll just give examples and i'll try not to name specific ones north uh, let's take northampton as an example northampton has no direct rail links to any place in the east midlands it's except Long Buckby Station, which is also in Northampton. Uh, sure, it's, it's just north of Northampton on the same line. Um, so there's a few efforts to reopen lines. There's three potential lines that could be reopened. Northampton to Market Harbour, Northampton to Wellingborough and Northampton to Bedford. Mm. Um, it's been called realistic in the uh, unrealistic in the past to reopen Northampton to Bedford because there's not many settlements on the route. Um, and it's the longest of all three of them. Um, so STM would uh, support reopening Northampton to Market Harborough and Northampton to Wellingborough because yep. they're the two we see as having the being most sensible and having the most support in the past. So uh, West Northamptonshire Council um, seem to like the idea of Northampton to Market Harborough. Um, Northampton to Wellingborough has a, a higher population on route uh, and it's shorter it's the shortest of the bunch so it would essentially create another northampton loop mm. if, if that makes sense yep. so you could divert services they would avoid kettering um but they would they would provide a service to to, to northampton which has a population of about two hundred twenty-five thousand. so it's one of the largest places in the country and it's i think it's the largest town in europe um so it, it, it's an important place and it has no link to its own region at the moment yeah. Um, Absolutely. So in terms of how that links back to your question, um, some campaign groups are a little unrealistic and they, they just do things for nostalgia and this railway used to exist, so let's reopen it. Yep. But in my opinion, and I spoke to one of my volunteers about this the other day, actually, we shouldn't reopen railways. We should open new ones. And if they use an alignment that already exists, then great. If that, if that's, that a rail, that's literally a rail nut to quote everyone see it is yeah. disseminated it's precisely a quote that i think i put up after the woodhead or possibly the uh 
the Great Central episodes where I was saying, like, yes, absolutely, like, we should not be reopening any railways. We should just be op- we should be looking at, re- at new railway lines that might happen to make use of a former railway alignment, which is great. That might be useful yeah. in some cases. That can be a hindrance rather than a help. But yeah, no, I absolutely vigorously agree with that, Harry. Um, See, look, everyone, the young people of the future. Up. What am I saying? Yes. Um, no, that's yeah, absolutely. There are certain parts of the of the Great Central Main Line. Sorry, what, what were you saying? Uh, no, no, I, I interrupted. No, no, you didn't interrupt at all. I interrupted you excitedly, jabbering on excitedly about rail matter quotes. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's certainly yeah, and uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the Great Central passes quite close through your um your, the back of your uh the kind of uh, your neck of the woods rather, and and I'd say that yeah. of all the people who have nostalgic views of what the future might hold, people who care deeply about reinstating the Great Central Railway often fall into those traps. Um, yes, it's uh. It's 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 a very common thing. Michael C is indeed quoting me back at myself, which is Michael C is saying just because closing a railway was a bad idea doesn't mean reopening it is a good idea. Well, indeed, yeah, I did say that. Yes, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it. That's very interesting. Right. Okay, I'm going to go back to my notes now. So we let's let's, let's move the conversation on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you've so this is so the, okay. That you've well, an interesting little theme here is so we've we've talked a bit about what what is people's perception of you as a as a as a youthful gentleman. Um, and I, to be honest, I still experience this now. I experience, and it's, it, let's face it, it's probably one of the least important isms that's out there. But people still talk down to me because I'm, I'm a much younger person than they expect to be talking at them with a position of perhaps some of the things I'm saying they'd be expect to be coming from a, a grey bearded older person. Um, and I, and, and that can be problematic actually. And I, I find that it's, it's a thing. I, it's probably, let's face it, given my demographic, one of the few things I have to overcome in my position. But it is people talk down to me because I'm younger and therefore they don't expect me to or they don't trust my experience. What cha- have you have you found that? Firstly, how do you overcome that? And and and, and is it a problem? Do you see it as less of a problem? You know, how, how has that impacted on what you're able to do? Yeah, um, there's two ways to come at this. One way is how stakeholders react, and the other way is how my friends react yeah. um, and my family actually. So the stakeholder and the public side of things, the first news article that ever went out was on the Northampton Chronicle. It's probably still there. Uh, was about the Whedon campaign, for the yep. new station in Whedon. Um, and the, re- the reactions were good. Um, and it's because Northampton Chronicle is local to Whedon um, and everyone in Whedon wants a new station or almost everyone uh, yeah. wants, wants a new station. So uh, the the response to that was great in general. Uh, there were some people telling me to go and play with my Hornby train sets or whatever, um, but uh, yeah. I, I ignored those comments. Um, but then it got to the BBC and it got to uh, the um, n- not so much the rail industry media because they all they all loved it. Um, but the BBC and mainstream media, uh, you know, regional news, um, there weren't gr- that there was some great responses and I got some help from there. People noticed it and helped me, but there were also some people that are just downright idiots mm. about it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, ageism, I th- it does, it does link in. Um, and it, it's unfortunate, um, but pe- some people just don't take me seriously because of my age. They just say, ah, oh, how sweet. And they yep. dismiss it. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, and, and and it's almost like not a nice thing to say that will con- that will continue for quite a long time i yeah. still get that so people don't say it quite as explicitly but yeah absolutely people still say oh well, that's nice that you're enthusiastic about railways lovely you'll grow out of it it's like oh will i <laughs> well maybe not you know much as you've been you know stood next to ministers part of rail forum midlands you have a you have a sustainable transport midlands and they're like yeah i just i just i was at this transport select committee giving evidence and they're like oh you know well, you know, it's it's nice that you have enthusiasm, but, you know, you'll grow out of it and you'll find that you struggle to, you know, keep up with all these things. And eventually you'll become a sad, tired old man like I am. Uh, it's amazing how often people kind of have that to say and indeed had that to say quite recently. Um, yeah. Yes. So uh, for anyone out there who's getting involved, just you, uh, my advice to so my advice to you, Harry, and I don't think you need to hear it from me, frankly, because you know it yourself. But for anyone else who's out there, just ignore those people. <laughs> just ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's just, doesn't matter they're probably bitter that they haven't achieved what you have uh, and harry that's certainly the case for you you've achieved incredible things already and it's exciting that i mean you're not even out of bloody school um, <laughs> what you achieve when you have a chance to to, to to have all of your time 
not focusing on revision and exams, but actually to focus on on this stuff is is very exciting. And 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 you're going to be a really positive asset for the uh, for the for not just the railway industry, but actually sustainable transport more broadly. And um, which, given the fact, given the time, uh, and the fact that I'm I'm getting RSI from resizing your face, um, I'm gonna. Bring us on to kind of the last theme, or the last couple of themes, actually. So, so the, the first thing, I, I kind of, we've got you here. Clearly, you're passionate about being involved in the industry, which is great. It's absolutely fantastic. But how do we keep you involved in the industry? What are the things that the industry can do to keep you and people like you engaged, keep you kind of connected with the way that, you know, it, not just, you know, the industry is evolving? How do we keep you involved in that? I think there's also two sides to this story. One of them is um, people that just use transport and the other is people like me who take part in developing the transport network. Yeah. From the people that use transport angle, there's a knowledge gap. And in places like Toaster, uh, where, where I go to school and where, um, where many of my friends live, um, there's hardly any bus routes. So people yeah. just don't use the buses and they don't know how to use them because they never they can't use them it's yeah, too yeah. hourly to northampton which is ridiculous useless uh, yeah, yeah. Ten thousand people live in toaster and there's a two hourly bus service to to a town that that's nearby that's it um so they just they just don't know how to use buses and then they have to change in northampton and walk 10 minutes to get to the railway station yeah. um and then they don't know how to use the train how what are those things at the gate line what are those things that you yeah. they, they have holes in them so uh, someone asked me what a connection was the other day and how are those they people just, then gonna you know how are those people then expected to somehow magically use public transport later in their lives they've, they've been conditioned yeah. against it yeah, yeah for sure and then i go down to kent and i go and i don't know travel around with my cousin which i, I do quite often I, I i go out on the trains we go up to tonbridge from dover priory or any, all these sort of places and he knows how to use them like it's like it's normal yeah um but in to in Toaster or in in Northampton even, there's people that just don't know how to use public transport. It's yeah, absolutely. And so so that's so that's one side of it. But what about the other side? What about the um, what about the keeping? I mean, you how do how does the industry keep you engaged? What what are the things that as an industry, as as people who are perhaps watching this who are more senior, what can they do to to keep people like you engaged in in, in shaping things? Well, I found some two great work experiences. Um, I spent a week of my time. I, I, I'm given two weeks work experience allowance in year 10. I spent a week of that with Network Rail uh, in Milton Keynes. That was during COVID. So most of it was yeah. online. But um, ironically, I had a meeting with someone in the Network Rail Milton Keynes office anyway on an unrelated matter about Daventry. So I got to meet some people I, I was actually working with online, which is ironic, but it, it was nice. Um, and the second one was with SLC Rail in Birmingham, mm. who are a transport consultancy. Uh, that they're, they're quite big in terms of new stations, so they were a perfect fit for me. Um, I spent a week with them, uh, two, I think it was two days at home, three days in the office. Well, I say in the office, it was mostly out and about. We went we went down to Worcestershire Parkway to have a look at uh, the station. That, that was their station. They, they, um, they helped uh, build that. Um, we went to a university. Mm. station which is being yep. rebuilt as part of yeah, the west yeah, midlands yeah. rail program i think <laughs> um so yeah yeah we i went out with slc rail then and those are the sort of things that can be key people in the industry that slc rail experience was really great i'm not just saying that because i get i got to go on trains all week but i'm saying that because uh, although that was great um I, i'm also saying that because I, I got some real experience from it i i got to present to the managing director on how they can utilize Great British Railways and and benefit from it. Um, I sat in an office for a day and I, I met people on, on Google Meet or, or Microsoft Teams, I think it was, um, with it internally and outside of the organization, uh, uh, Coventry City Council, because uh, they've got their new station only recently opened and went, went up there the other day. It was, it was very nice. Um, and, you know, th those sort of experiences, um, keep me in the industry too it's, mm. it, it's fun um and something similar happened with Avanti West Coast uh, I went up to Birmingham with them and we took the train down to London and I had a conversation with their head of network development and planning I think um and we talked about Daventry Parkway and we talked about um my, my future in, in the industry and it's these experiences that have really uh, encouraged me to stay in the industry 
and of course I, I i like developing the network or assisting in developing the network so absolutely yeah I mean, Harry, it's, it's 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 quite clear that you. I mean, it's quite clear that you have have not just enthusiasm but knowledge about. Like lots of people can have enthusiasm, but to be able to back that up, I used to give this advice to to people who are interviewing for the to, to join the industry. Actually, I used to say there are two things you need: you need fire and you need focus. So, it, passion without knowledge isn't particularly useful. Uh, knowledge without passion isn't particularly useful, and having both is really powerful. And you absolutely have both in spades. Uh, I'm very excited to to see what you do um, as you uh, as you as you escape from school. Keep studying. Studying is important. Uh, having a broad knowledge is really really critical. But also, I'm very excited to see what what you do when you kind of depart the, in- the industry. Richard Smith uh, in the chat is saying that you've that he's very impressed with the fact that you've overcome. A thing which can blight a lot of transport plans, which is ah, but that's not in our plan. Uh, which is the idea that what's in your plan is a fixed idea. So people have a very kind of salient a, a view on what is, uh, and I'm quoting Richard's words actually. Uh, they base their transport plans on what is salient rather than what is strategic. So it's like, ah, but we can only do that. We can only do that. Like, oh, we can only ever get funded to do that. We can only ever get funded to that. Rather than going, what do we actually need? And have that vision, because actually, if you shape your plans on what can be funded and what you think is realistic within the next two years, there's a decent chance that plan is just not robust. It's not going to it's not going to stand the next changing government, the next changing council or you know, leadership, whatever it happens to be. If you base things on evidence, on strategic vision, they will transcend all of that short term politics and they will continue to be really important. And uh, yeah, uh, Richard, it's a very good point. And I think, Harry, that for me and what I've seen in the conversation we've had before before this episode it's clear to me that you you're interested in that longer term strategic view of what, what what's right for transport. Um, yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah, so, um, right. There's lots of good chat down there. I, I think. I mean, Harry, that's been brilliant. Um, I've <laughs> it's been a really good chat. We've already. I, I told you the hour would go. It's 1957 already, yeah. right? It, it's disappeared. <laughs> it's disappeared. I hope you've had fun. Right. But, but, but yeah. we'll come back. So, if you've got questions, everyone, there are people watching live. If you've got questions, pop them in the chat, and we'll come back to them. Um, but as ever, I shall do my outro before we before we get back to those questions. I'll do a bit of outro. So, firstly, um, to everyone listening to this in audio only format, uh, apologies for the slight uh, connectivity issues. That's my fault for not uh, stress testing with Harry at the start. So I, I take full responsibility for that. But actually, uh, we, we got there. Once you change your phone, Harry, it's been grand. Um, so, yes, you can listen to this in all good podcasting platforms. Um, as ever, uh, patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis is where to, to support this and to, to, to make sure that it can still happen and, and, and all such good things. PayPal.me slash Gareth Dennis also can be helpful. Um, also, it gives you an excuse to, to throw either supportive comments or abuse at me if you wish to do so. Um, uh, you, you pay me for the pleasure garethdennis.co.uk slash discord is the discord server and indeed if you want to get involved in some of the stuff that we hinted at Deirdre was in the chat uh, as was Xander hello both of you and, and shout out to Will who's doing a lot of good support on that stuff and in fact that Matt very much is his his efforts uh, thus far in unpicking a kind of an algorithmic approach to defining a, a transport system if you want to get involved in that stuff come into the discord server where it happens you you request to me that you want to get involved in supporting the the, the permanent rail engineering the network 2050 work and and you can get stuck into supporting that either programming or stress testing or or data wrangling you can get involved and then lastly yes uh, masquette if you're listening i need to prod you to double check that the uh that the abolish the treasury mugs are up there because i want to buy one to have it at work um so yeah masquette if you're listening but also yes to everyone else watching yes the the, the rail natter merchandise is there for all to access it's all there for you to have fun with a reminder right now as we speak railway history for ukraine is happening you could as we speak be uh watching um you could be watching uh, Simone talking about relief on the rails, tracking the mobilization of Europe's railway network to evacuate Ukraine's victims of war. You could be understanding how the railways have stepped up, really. That's happening right now. In fact, it's 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 just finishing, in fact. So you can go back and watch it for the next 48 hours. In fact, who is about to start? None other than our dear friend, everyone here is dear friend, Dr. David Turner, who's going to be talking about um, some interesting perspectives on, on the rail between 1818 and 1939. So go, go and watch that. Go, go and get involved. Um... Next week, so we, you know, the the Carmen episode, which was original, I haven't, I didn't really know what it would take, what the shape it would take, and Rail Natter is is a flexible format, and this is an example of where it's very useful for it to be so. We were taking a detailed look at the final report, and rather than being one episode, it's probably going to end up being at least three episodes. 
So part so part one, we kind of did a broad overview and we started looking at um, the, the first of the three Cs, the first C being CDM, Construction Design Management Regulations. Basically, we looked at drainage and the problems with the drainage. The next, state, uh, the next episode is going to be looking at crisis management. So we're going to spend an hour looking or more looking at crisis management in detail uh, in the report, which I think is really valuable. <laughs> The uh, uh, and then I think probably an episode there'll be the, the episode after that will be something else and then the ep- we'll probably have the third part and probably the final part will follow which will be looking at crashworthiness. So that's next week's episode, episode hundred hundred and eight. Oh my goodness, a hundred and eight of a hundred and nine episodes of Rail Natter. Good grief, Harry. Um, so sorry, uh, you may have heard me laughing. I, I saw a comment in the in the uh, oh, live yeah. chat that said. Uh, sounds like a smoke alarm needs its battery changing. Yes, it does. It's run out, been running out of battery for about three months. <laughs> so that's what it is. Okay, so I thought it was an internet billet, but it is literally that your fire alarm needs its battery changing. Uh, there we go. Everyone. I sent it to my dad. <laughs> Very good. Um, right, so some, some questions, some thoughts uh, that we have here. Um, oh, Michael C points out that even in the public transport filled southeast, uh, Michael's encountering people unfamiliar with how to travel on trains far too often. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, uh, and actually, I think it, it's one of the benefits of, of I don't think that free travel for everyone is necessarily a good idea. And indeed, there's evidence that there can be negative outcomes from that. However, people under the age of 18, giving them free transport, a bit like Scotland does, actually, with I still have my old young Scott card somewhere, if anyone remembers what that is, who's from Scotland. Um, the uh, Giving young people free public transport incentivizes them to get to know the system, yeah. which can be incredibly powerful and incredibly helpful. Because, frankly, if you've got young people using tra- public transport as a matter of course, exactly as you say, Harry, becomes instinctive, and that's very hard. And also, those people then complain when the public transport is, is poor, which it, it clearly is in your neck of the woods. Yeah, um, yeah. very very yeah I, I think that's about i didn't really bring a question in there but i just an observation right okay yeah. so um right okay this so diamarker 100 asks uh or first they apologize for the, for if their question's already been answered don't worry diamarker 100 it has not if they were looking to do work experience in this industry where should they look which harry i think if we expand that question um who did you contact to get your work in your your, your kind of industry experience uh, and what are you kind of maybe you have some kind of a couple of top tips uh, associated with work experience for, for people your age okay so network rail i got through uh, elaine which is actually how i met her uh, elaine clark ceo at the uh, rail forum um steve jones who is the secretary of the rail future east midlands branch put me in touch with elaine to figure out how I'd be best placed for my work experience because I had to do it um so she uh, he put me in touch with Elaine he put me in touch with I want to say the um the assistant to Andrew Haynes the oh. executive assistant to Andrew Haynes wow um who yeah I know um <laughs> who, who uh, we had a meeting with uh, I had a meeting with him and he um uh, got me in touch with someone at HR in Milton Keynes and they set up the placement so i'd say um where to go uh you know rail future might be a, a good place to be honest they have a lot of industry contacts um and even a, a place like the rail forum they're very um they, they encourage young people me included um and in fact if, if there's if there's a work experience placement you want to do i might have a contact at a company that that um that uh, you're interested in and going to do work experience with, even maybe just do a Google. Um, some companies have pages on it. I think um, there's there's a big transport consultancy that have a work experience page. I want to say it's Arab. Um, I think they they have a work experience page on their website. Um, but if there's if there's someone you think I might have a contact with, email me. Um, there you go. I mean, that's that's powerfully useful advice. Diamarker 100, I hope that's a useful answer. Uh, oh, Michael C is quite pleased with that uh, evidence as well. In fact, I, I know quite a few young people who are in, uh, who will be watching this, who that's that's quite valuable uh, advice for. Actually, we've not had any specific questions, which I think is nice, because nice, I think it's a nice way to end, actually, on that, which is a bit like you giving back to, to, to potentially other young people who are, who are wanting to get involved. It's, all, it's nice that we're closing out on that point. Um, Harry, it only really remains for me to say that this has been a really nice chat. I knew it would be. I knew it'd be a really nice, enlightening little chat. I hope that's been all right for you. Um, it's I know great, it's, been, yeah. it's been a bit. It's been a bit shonky with the, with the internet, but that's um, that's we can blame uh, we can blame the government for just not building decent infrastructure of any kind, whether it's railways or internet. Um, so that's fine. Um, 
Harry, we're gonna we might well have you I might well have you back on for the East Midlands episode, but certainly it'll be interesting to to when 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 we finalise that that sort of algorithmic approach to a, a transport network, it'll be very interesting. And kind of we said this behind the scenes, didn't we? It'll be interesting to then compare that with what you've um you know, what's being proposed, shall we say, without giving away too much. What's being proposed elsewhere, let's put it that way. Um so I, I'm quite excited to have that discussion. And maybe we'll record a yeah. little bit and snip it into that episode, actually. That could be a cool way to do it. Um but uh Short, lots of very, uh, lots of very pleased people. Okay, yeah, there are people pointing out that focus and fire, uh, or focus without fire, can be very draining. Yeah, agreed. Um, and yes, Lewis is saying go to the hashtag careers uh, channel in the Railnatter Discord server because lots of people in there, including rail industry people, are there. We drop um, uh, work experience, we drop job opportunities, so that's a really good place. If anyone watching this is, is interested in job opportunities, the, the Discord server actually, the Railnatter Discord server has a lot of those. They get they get flung up, and and people like me and and Lewis and others who are kind of early or middle career. Are always keen to offer advice so yeah absolutely. i joined i joined yesterday i know ah. i should have joined earlier but i'm gonna keep an eye on it i'll, I'll, I'll open it every now and again and I'll, I'll check what's going on nice one. yeah that's exactly sometimes the discord server can be a little overwhelming my recommendation for anyone who's a little overwhelmed by it is to not worry about keeping on top of everything just check into channels that look interesting um and there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a channel juggle that i still need to do but i've been avoiding it because it involves deleting channels and, and that's scary but generally people are very excited for, for anyone who wants to know where they can find the discord server uh the discord server can be found uh at uh, uh garethdennis.co.uk slash discord um I, in fact i'm gonna do this right now garethdennis.co dot uk slash discord i have the power to type this in to the chat and people can go in there and in fact that has not worked as a link because youtube is strange but anyway that's the if you copy and paste that into your web browser it'll get you where you need to go um right i've, I've dithered I've, this is classic me at the end of an episode i've dithered horribly harry have you only got got any last thoughts or words that you'd like to share before we depart? Any anything you'd like to say? You're allowed to say, "Nah, I've said everything I want to say, mate." <laughs> um, last thing I'll say: mm. STM, we're looking for yes. volunteers, and I know there's there's a great audience here, and we'd appreciate anyone who's interested. Transport-mids.com forward slash I think it's idea now because mm. we we made it a posh campaign. Transport-mids.com forward slash idea apply to become a volunteer we'd really appreciate it it's one of our main problems at the moment lack of people um yeah but, but thanks for having me on this has been yeah it's been great no it's been an absolute pleasure and um uh if 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 uh if any family members are watching uh harry is a credit to you so just just putting it out there uh if the grandparents my dad, are still watching. my nan i know that <laughs> it's, it's, uh, no no absolutely harry it's been a genuine pleasure and it's not the last time that we'll be chatting on here not at all um everyone else Thanks for watching. Uh, absolutely go over and watch Dr. David Turner. If you haven't already, go watch Dr. David Turner on the on the Railway uh, History for Ukraine uh, channel. But uh, for now, Harry and I shall, uh, shall bid you a farewell. Um, cheerio, everyone. Cheerio. Cheerio.